Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Today, uh, we got some new light vibes in here for the first time ever. Um, shout out Eric McCambridge for putting that together. Um, today, uh, on the show, we've got a recording artist, Amaro, and we also have poet, Unique Russ. And I uh, want to <laughs> do the quick plug that um, <coughs> Amaro. Man, this incense. I'm sorry. No, that was me. I'm like. <laughs> Uh, I want to plug your new song real quick, uh, On My Way, uh, just uh, is streaming everywhere, just got dropped a couple weeks ago, um, in addition to the songs uh, Wishy Washy, it was a couple months ago, and um, of course, Cinema, your debut EP, is also all there, so thank you guys for being on the show. Thank you. Yeah, um, uh, how have your days been? Today was pretty cool, actually. Um, work. <laughs> we work together, so we did that. Yeah. What are you guys doing? Uh, we work at a nonprofit right now called Run KE. So mainly we're uh, community advocates as well as artists. So we're always looking for ways to inf uh, infuse our art into the community as well as into you know people's ears and eyes. Phenomenal. I'm ready to open this. Uh, we've got the very peach, not just peach, like very peach. Um, <laughs> white wine. Um, man, it, it's weird because like it's still daylight out. And I'm so used to doing this like when it's... It's after five, so... Yeah. It's ten somewhere. <laughs> yes, as they say. <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. Um, the liquor store lady like really sold me on this <laughs> stuff. She was like, oh, this is really good. Like, I just tried it like yesterday. Like, you're going to love this. <laughs> I'll take your word for it, liquor lady. Liquor lady. Liquor lady. Um, <laughs> here, I'll just put that right there. Thank Cheers. You. Thank of course. You. Mm. Oh yeah. That's good. That's really good. Yeah, yeah it is. Very peach. <laughs> very sweet. You know. It's a good white wine. I'm here for it. So. Um, Ladies, here on uh, Mr. Nice Guy, what we talk about is love and fear. Uh, it is, um, it's really fascinating to me just how artists express themselves through those two driving forces of like, you know, what they're passionate about as well as what they're afraid of. And everyone, given that you two are like, you're both, uh, you use different mediums to um, express yourselves in the other. And that's why I'm especially excited to kind of see how, like, I mean, you guys are best friends. You guys are damn near a package deal. I always see you guys together. And um, I'm kind of excited to hear a little bit about, you know, how you guys work off each other and how you guys kind of combine your passions, but also you do your own thing, too. So, um, so I guess, uh, Amra, I want to start with you. I want to talk about... I want to learn just a little bit more about, you know, how you felt like um, music was your medium. Like, what, de what developed you into that to where you are now? Uh, for me, music has always been a way for me to kind of escape. So, kind of identifying why I needed to escape really propelled me to create my own music. So, I always loved writing. I always loved reading and words and things like that. So, it was really natural for me to kind of move into songwriting and creating things for my own. So, I don't know, 
know, it just always felt like a natural way for me to express myself because I always loved to sing. I sang in choir. So, right. Couldn't avoid that. Thank you, Mom, you know, pushing me to do that. Because yeah. I loved it. You know, I loved, like, having a common voice with other people and, like, us coming together and make this, like, phenomenal sound. Like, that was cool to me. So, I don't know. I always felt like music could bring anyone together and no matter how you felt, like if you knew that word or even if you could like get with that music or that tune, at that moment you're connected with everyone else yeah. on that same wave. So oh, I just totally, want to replicate yeah. that. Right. It's like when you're you know, when you're like uh, in when you're like in a store or something and like you just you hear like a song that's like playing like in the store and you find yourself like you know, singing along to it or like, you know, just okay. casually sort of bobbing your head to it. It's like, yeah, that's such a small, like minimal way of like how music just kind of like affects you in that moment. It just makes you feel more at home, you know? Um, I believe these create vibes and words in the times. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. So, that's, um, I mean, right. I like most songs. I'm like, I don't really. Most people don't know what I'm about until um, they do see me spit. They're like, not only am I a poet, but I'm a, a teaching artist. So I teach the youth about learning about themselves, you know, and that's what my art is for me. I got into poetry because my mother was a poet. And um, when I was younger, she didn't give me many CDs, you know, so. Uh, I got a hold of one of hers and I would listen to that and one day in seventh grade they had us write a poem or had a project to tell a story and I chose to do a poem mm -hmm. and it was history, you know, and it was like, they got me into so much other stuff like my fellowships, my, like, even my networking, everything that I do, you know, and now I teach kids how to do that same thing, expressing themselves through art, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's most likely just telling a story. I, I love it because it is my... I, I don't want to just say escape, you know? It's my reality. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's how I make sense of it, so... Mm -hmm. And that's why you have to be conscious of what you put in your subconscious. Yeah. So... Oh, yeah. that's so valid, like... Man, um, the subconscious, like, is... It's almost like the nitty-gritty of, like, you know, who we really are and, like, what's really affecting us. Right. Like, I find myself having so many dreams of, like, shit that I don't think about, like, throughout the day, really, but that's, it really comes out, like, when I'm sleeping, and I'm, like, I'll find myself, like, dreaming about all the shit that, like, you know, I've been afraid of or been running away from, like, mm -hmm. even from I'm a young age. About this. <laughs> like, your subconscious fears that you don't deal with head on, and your waking self because you think that you can just, you know, brush past it. But when you're asleep and your mind wanders, you know, you're going to take it there and you're going to have vivid reenactments of your fears, you know. Yeah. So you're going to deal with it one way or another. But how do you take that, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, before what you said, fear and love, like, we talked and it's like, fear and love are the only two emotions in reality. You know, everything goes mm -hmm. as spirals from Especially. that. Right. right. So if that's the case, like, what do you take from that? Like, most times people don't even know that their dreams mean, it's, it's similar, but it doesn't always mean what you think, mm -hmm. you go deeper into it. And sometimes it's just giving you a wake-up call, you know, sometimes it's just letting you know this is how it will play out. Mm -hmm. If you do it, it keeps you, I, I, to me, I feel like it's, a, it's an alternate reality. 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, like I think that's um yeah, I think um it's because some dreams will make absolutely no sense at all. Mm-hmm. Like they won't even be about what you're afraid of, it'll just be a very random like uh it'll just be a weird hodgepodge of just, you know, random things that like random people you talked to recently or places you've been or like things you like you know that happened or in the last you don't even days. remember it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and that I never really used to remember my dreams mm-hmm. until I started my antidepressants. But then after, and it's been about two years since I've been <coughs> home and my dreams started getting way more vivid. I started remembering them like almost every day. I never could do that before. Mm-hmm. Do you write down your dreams ever? I've been thinking about starting to. You should. I think that'd be cool, yeah. It'd be probably weird if like, it, it'd be something I hope that no one ever like, you know, goes on my phone and opens up, <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah, and that's what you do is you like, I mean, it sounds cliche, but like that journal, that hand to mm-hmm. the paper, that just getting in the habit of writing it down, like, and then you can hide it how you need to for your security. Mm-hmm. You know, because a phone is, I, I don't like, I hate typing. I'm not a texter. Yeah, like, I'm definitely, yeah, a person. So sometimes that's more secure, but you should, because maybe, it, like, you might figure out what this what it's tells you. Yeah. That that Do you guys write your dreams down? I used to for a while. I kept a dream journal, but I kind of fell off. But definitely during that time period, I was able to remember them easier. Like the memory recall was more, I don't know, it was fresh. But now I'm just like, I'm lucky if I remember a dream every, I dream a lot, but I'll remember them probably once a week. I don't know, once every two weeks. I I write it down if I feel like I have to. Like if it's like, if I wake up and it's still on my mind and like I can't shake it, I gotta get it out. So it's only if I have to, if I don't like, I'm connecting the dots though, always. Yeah, sure. I think that, that's cool, cause yeah, what it, the recurring ones are the, you know, the themes that don't seem to go away. I think, like you said, kind of speak to something a lot bigger about something you're running away from or something that like you haven't fully addressed yet. Mm-hmm. Um, because <clears throat> I used to have like there would always be like. I would get dreams of um, like people that I felt like people that I felt like you know didn't like me or didn't or had some kind of issue with me like would often pop up in my dreams and I feel like it's because I felt this craving for validation from them or that I wanted to address some kind of I wanted to address like you know why this person like doesn't like me or something because like that's just something I always Fear. Like, I'm always terrified of, like, you know, someone not liking me or, or for a reason that I, you know, don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, like, I noticed that once I would, like, address it, like, once I would finally have that encounter with somebody and address an issue, like, I wouldn't, like, it wouldn't appear in my dreams anymore. Can I be completely honest with you? I've recently had that, like, 
he like made completely clear to me like through like really close friend of mine um, we had some issues and um, uh, it was it was like bothering me but it, it wasn't because like I had like sh she should have shot a shot at me and I shot a shot back and like that's not my character so like, it was on my mind you know and I had to fall asleep and I dreamed about it and then when I woke up again it was like heavy and in my dream, it was like I was talking to her, but she wasn't paying attention. Like mm -hmm. she hear me, but she's not paying attention. Yeah. So like, while, when I woke up, I'm thinking like, okay, maybe that's just like me telling me like it don't matter if she responds or if she's gonna pay attention. You have to get whatever this is off your chest. And it was like literally as soon as I did, I got the best news of my life. Thirty minutes later, like mm -hmm. I, I, I took one. I dropped down my knees and I prayed and I thanked oh, the wow. universe. You know what I'm saying? Because. I must you shed that you make room. That's why I say sometimes they have to be telling you like it's it's that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It was the same thing with you. Yeah. Totally, yeah. I, I think that that speaks a lot to like how really in general how you deal with any of your problems in life mm -hmm. with if you it's like things like you know, anxiety or mental health issues or depression, what have you, like, a lot of people experience it, but don't, they don't confront it or they don't address it. They do whatever they can to suppress it mm -hmm. and, you know, they... No reflection. Yeah, and, and that, and that, you know, only will make them feel worse because the, the more, like, you run away from your problems as opposed to either into the root of it. Yeah. The root of it. Mm -hmm. Or expressing how you feel about it, mm -hmm. at, le at the very least, yeah. then it's going to eat you alive. Yeah, it's and like a problem. Yeah. Poor, 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 when it explodes. Yeah. Because, like, I just had, um, because, like, a couple months ago, like, I got let go from a job, and I was, like, I didn't really get any closure from it. He didn't really give, my boss did not give me an explanation, and I felt like shit for, like, two weeks straight, like, I was just constantly having dreams about, like, <laughs> um, but I was constantly having dreams about, like, getting fired, and, like, I kept finding myself, like, in my old workplace, and, like, um, and it's, like, shit, the closure I'm not, I didn't get from this is really affecting me, like, subconsciously, because it's making me, like, really like it just kind of like shook up my like character and made me question all this about myself like what's wrong with me like why why you know what did I do wrong and so I haven't actually uh you know gone in and confronted my old boss yet but I feel like I'm going too soon <laughs> do you know what triggers fear what's one thing that would trigger fear a lack of knowledge yeah lack of knowledge about trauma? Trauma, absolutely. Yeah, like a repeated trauma, yeah. So being, every, everything being a reflection of you, so like, that insecurity, like, not, not you forget everything great you've done, all yeah. this work that you've done, right. and you focus on that one thing because of past stuff, or like, you've always wanted that validation, you know? Yeah. Something. Cause you, yeah. And also not to receive that closure, closure yeah. too that you need from it, like to put your all into something and to be told you weren't doing a good enough job with not enough reason. I don't know. 
that's not a full, complete circle. Yeah, right. And I think fear also stems from anything we perceive as a threat mm -hmm. to our safety note, like mm -hmm. our, yeah, our safety zone of like how we, with like, mm -hmm. you know, where we feel comfortable with things, where any, any real or imagined threat to that, <laughs> we, you know, we act out on, and, or we get, you know, it, it, it incites fear. Um, and, uh, like, I think that that's the reason why um, it's like if somebody, it's like if you think about people in your own life that have, like, you know, acted out on other people based on their own insecurity. They're doing it out of fear. And not, it's not necessarily because, like, it may not be, you know, entirely a you thing. It's, it could all, it could, it's, a lot of it is just a them thing of, like, what's going on inside. And, like, they're afraid, they feel threatened or they feel afraid of, you know, their, their norms being, like, violated over, like, you know, how of like where they feel secure so they act out on their surroundings and you know that's not the right way to address it but yeah. but that's you see it all the time people only know what they've experienced mm -hmm. mm. and how they awaken with their witness you know what I mean that because if that's all they that's all they have that's all they know that's all they know how to deal with their problems then that's that's all they you mm -hmm. know until they see something different and that again that's an insecurity that's yeah. a spark of I don't know what that looks like because I've never received that type so of do flow what I before. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to respond how I know. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, it's being empathetic. Mm -hmm. It's being understanding of that. I'm listening. No, <laughs> Come on. A lot of it is being like afraid of losing control of a situation. Or control, yeah, yeah. Control plays a huge part of it because a lot of people think if you love something, you have the ability to control it or to tell it what to do or what to say or what to think, you know, mm -hmm. because it's yours. And that yeah. comes. Possession also comes into play, control, possession, whatever, whatever you may call it, it's two and the same. Um, but having that fear of losing that, when a person starts to realize, okay, I'm my own person, they gain their own self-love, that can cause a person to kind of spiral out too. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I think control is a very key word. Mm -hmm. um, control is like feeling, it, it. that's why people will worry themselves insane about or mm -hmm. because anxiety is always yeah. it's it's like a fear of what could happen mm -hmm. yeah. or what is possible and that worries a lot of people that I mean it worries me it worries it, yeah it worries <laughs> all of us in some way um, and like that's why some people just really like they can spiral out of control with that anxiety because it it's that they're losing control over, you know, what their um, kind of like comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The safe space. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and it can be really fucking scary. <laughs> Make you feel like you're going going mad. But that's also why people turn to things like substance abuse or yeah. or just abuse in general because that's them trying to force that control back. Yeah. In a you know. In a, Makes them coping. You know, makes them a lot of the times when you when you hit like certain instincts you're you you see the fight or flight, you know? So your survival instincts kicks in. Mm -hmm. And again that's either what you know or like what you've learned. 
to do and it's not always the best in certain situations it just depends on like your morals and values and where you stand when you come to grips with like that reality because even when you fall like life is going to have this ups and downs it's like again cliche but a roller coaster and it looks like i'm the shit one day and damn, it's a humble yourself moment the next, you know. But how you get up and what that look like is always if that plays a part in the in the fear that you had and then the love you gain to overcome that, you know. Yeah, how you respond to it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because shit will happen to all of us, but the response is, yeah, the component that we can control. Um, Honestly, a lot of people. When you talk about substance abuse, like what you said, like losing control is a way of having control. Because mm -hmm. as humans, you want to match your environment or elevate yourself. That's a way of control. I control my environment, but if you can't control your environment, you might as well match it. It's mm -hmm. kind of a thought process. So you lose control. Yeah. You become, you know, less coherent. Oh yeah. You drink. You do whatever your vices may be. Right. You know, just to feel at ease with or with what's around you. Yeah. I don't know. Because I know for me, my anxiety comes a lot with not feeling at ease with my environment or not being yeah. like in a zone where I feel like I have at least a little bit of control over myself. So yeah. kind of overcoming that is realizing I have complete control over what I do, yeah. at least. And I'm the most important thing in the room to me, like yeah. you should be. Anyone is to yourself, you know, so. It's like being the sober one at a party. You, <laughs> it sucks, like we've, we've all been there, but kind of with matching your environment, you feel so out of place. Mm -hmm. And as a, as as a result, you feel very like outcasted, not at ease when you're around a bunch of drunk people, but then it's just you, you know, wearing yourself into a corner. That's mm -hmm. like learning your power. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, when's your birthday? January 11th. Capricorn? Yeah. Capricorn, Ooh, yes. Cass, yeah. Oh, yeah. My sister's uh, six months apart from me. I'm, yeah, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to put this out there that I don't really know anything about astrology. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, I know Most what my... Capricorns don't, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Man. <laughs> oh, well, I, hey, I respect it. I, I, I respect it, well, you know. Yeah, but being water, or like just even in general, like that, that emotion or that feeling, that vibe, like I know, I'm, I'm, over, I'm in power with my vibe, but I'm also like, I control this room too. Like if I go left and I'm peed off, people gonna feel that. It's gonna knock them off, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just like if they go left, I'm gonna feel that. And it's gonna knock me off. So like realizing the power that you have and knowing that you can't go left because of that. But like, you know, thinking above the being able to think above those emotions. Yeah. And not to say don't express those emotions, don't feel those emotions, don't, you know, let them out, but still think above those and realize the bigger picture of like the surroundings. And that that's your power. Like I think that's what that's what helps me with mine. Mm -hmm. Realizing right. the power in that. Absolutely. Because you you profoundly impact everyone you meet or come into contact with in some way. Um and people don't give enough credit to that idea because, you know, it, it's a reminder that you're important and that you're seen and that you're heard. And it, we all know how much it stings to feel disregarded or unseen. And um, I think everyone you come into contact with is going to make you think about something 
it's going to alter your thought pattern in some way, or it's going to um, enhance your, you know, an idea you have. They're going to enhance your idea about something, or even if like, you know, it's even if it's like you walk into a room, like it, for example, like you're the first person to arrive at a social event, and like there's only like one or two other people there, and like it's like you feel kind of awkward and out of place at first because you're like, you know, what do I do? But it's like the fact that there's one or two other people in that room, you, you can kind of like make that sort of mental conclusion that they're feeling the same way as you, that they're, you know, that, but they're present and that alone will give you some sort of comfort because like that'll give you a little like reassurance that like, you know, you're not alone, like, you know, other people, there's like two other people in this room that are also feeling kind of awkward and in and, and your, and your same situation. It's a sense of vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, and vulnerability loves company. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if we're all being vulnerable, then it's a safe space, because, yeah. you know, yeah. I ain't gonna take yeah. advantage of you for you to take advantage of mine. Right, yeah. So. I feel like all this year, it's been, fo- or my focus has been intentional, vulnerability like just open mm. opening that shit up you know yeah. like whether it's work and our women's conversations just a bunch of women from age what was the youngest Sabrina is what 18 to 77 like we get all oh, wow. we yeah. talk about love we talk about race we talk about history of Milwaukee just anything and what it means to be a woman and like all things that unite us and like that stuff gets real because a lot of us have nothing in common or so we thought but yeah. Who's at that table and having those talks, you know? And like, again, creating that safe space to see those similarities and those differences and understand, if not empathize, you know? Like, I don't, I I can't understand exactly where some people come from because I've never walked in your shoes, but I can't empathize with you. And like, coming to the common ground and how we start that is through conversation, things like this and like, you know? Oh my God, yeah. I've, I've found, this podcast to be a great way for myself to do that. Having so many different personalities and creatives on the show that give me all this insight about these ideas that you know I haven't walked through before. Um, and that's also I emphasize how they can be the greatest ally. You know, to people that you know have uh, that have faced you know oppressions or. Uh, marginalizations that I don't know, that I've never walked, and I think that the best way, one of the best, just the best way to do that is just listen, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. Honestly, like, you can never know what it feels like to be someone else. Like, you would never know what someone else is thinking, like. So. Unless, like, you are some sorcerer and you can, like, step into my eyes and my presence, and then you know more than me. But you will never know. So all you can know is someone's second-hand experience, what they share to you. So you, can, you will only know that by listening. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people look at the general idea and run off and try to do their own thing and put their own twist on it and say, well, they said this, so I'm going to do this. Yeah. We need to take the eye out of it. Mm-hmm. This is an us mm-hmm. collective initiative. Or mm-hmm. if you're fighting for somebody else, let them do the speaking and you just be... Whatever they need them, whatever they need you to be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you hit it right on the head. Listen, listening is the key. 
and for us too, like I need to listen to my fellow peers to understand like where we commit or where we unite and where we're different, you know. Mm-hmm. And I have that common ground. Our initial instinct is always to talk. Is to always like give our own two cents into every little thing that mm-hmm. we come across and any any idea our you know, our first uh, thought is to provide our own input on something. But I, I took a class last year. Um, I took this class was called human, Communication Human Conflict. And a huge thing we talked about was how when we listen to, and, and this is human nature, everyone does it, when we are listening to somebody talking or presenting an idea, having a conversation with somebody, we're always talking over them in our head. We're always formulating what we're gonna say next. We're always thinking about like what, you know, how we're gonna respond. We, we are always so preoccupied with how, with like what we're gonna say next instead of, and that causes us to sort of like block out what that person is saying right. and like what, letting them finish their thoughts so that we can fully actually like give a you know a concise answer to you know respond appropriately and ever since learning about that concept it's it's like i mean it's not only listening in a figurative way but it's listening in a in like you know physical way too like it's like, yeah like, yeah like a tip i learned i was in first stage for a little bit my mom thought I could be an actor or something. Uh, so a tip that they said for like actively listening is to mimic the words that people are saying in your head. So like my personal thought, voice, whatever you want to call it, is saying the same thing that you're saying when you're talking. So that's kind of like how I follow along, you know. Because a lot of times people are like, oh, look, look, this person looks lovely, you know. Who am I going to eat for dinner? And you're not really hearing what this person is saying. And I'm like, I'll do that, you know, I'm spacing over and over. But like... <laughs> The human, you know, that's what yeah. we do. But like, honestly, like realizing that that you can do that and you can really pick on what people are saying, you could become a better, you know, conversationalist. Oh yeah. You know, the listeners, that it's the eye contact and asking those questions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. eye contact. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know, you listening to me. Mm-hmm. Right. That that undivided attention. I'll damn near, even though you, I'll make eye contact, mm-hmm. somebody would still be zoning out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been trying, like, and I'll get in the habit of, if I zoned out or, like, you know, um, just kind of completely, like, blanked on a, a portion of what somebody says, like, I'll ask them for clarification afterwards, mm-hmm. because, you know, I want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and, yeah, be, but, and it's like, I feel, it's like, I'll feel bad doing that, like, knowing that, like, I blanked on some or I spaced out while somebody was talking to me, but it's better than just being like, oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, like, and, Here where, I am. right. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I will admit, like, after three times of saying, huh, I'm gonna say, oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If it's not that happens, she's not listening. Man. She ain't listening. Because listen, I, I have a superpower. <laughs> I can block out certain sounds or voices. You know, I have five siblings. I need to 
adapt right, to the yeah. gaming. Sure. So I can block out a person. You can be talking. I will not hear you. Like honestly. But if I'm listening, I'm listening. Like you need to say eye contact, and I'm like, yeah. But then I'm thinking, like a lot of times, I'll be like doing something, and she'll be talking, and I'll be listening. Then she gets mad because I'm not looking at her, and I'm like, I hear you, man. No, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Other I, I times, don't actually not listening. Yeah. Okay, because she hit me with that. I like to multitask, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah. it blocks out, you know. I, my audio. Uh, I do, but she don't ever know what it is. See, <laughs> yeah. she wants to be great. <laughs> you know? I'm just so bad at multitasking. <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest too. You just don't know, you know. <laughs> you yeah. just don't know. <laughs> Secret honesty is a lie. <laughs> I'll just be so bad at multitasking though that like I will like I just straight up cannot listen to somebody while I'm physically doing something mm-hmm. else like I struggle with that so much and um like that's why and because I know that like when I'm texting somebody I can't listen to someone talking at the same time so that's why I will always make like if I have to like send this text that's why I yeah I either put my phone on do not disturb and just wait to do it later or if it's an emergency or like I just tell the person like I, one sec sorry but I'll never, like, because I cannot do both at the same time, I can't trust other people that say, oh, yeah, I can listen and text. Like, I, when people say, like, I'm listening while they're texting, I don't buy it. Sometimes you can be, because, like, I can. I can when I actively choose to. But if you start talking to me while I'm texting. She's over here. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not yeah. here. I, I, I ask, ask Ashley. Am I texting? You need does not text. Why? And if she texts you back, it sounds like she's very upset with you, <laughs> even though she's not. And then she puts three dots after it's like, I've been trying yeah. To my thought. That's how I'm okay. I'm thought. like, yeah. I mean, yeah. but that's okay. Thing. Like because I, I do so much. Like so, like once Literally I see that text, I read it, and I'm like, I respond, or I start typing. Somebody <laughs> start talking, I'm like, okay, and I put it down. It's wraps. I don't. I don't get right. If you put the phone right down, there. it might be yeah. Five minutes. Twenty minutes. A good hour, you know what I'm saying? I'll get back to you when I'm done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's all up. About four people just went past in my head. I need to take it back. (laughs) Period. I'm sorry, y'all. Listen. I, uh... No, it's... Oh, okay. Shame. Well, (laughs) it's kind of like... Well, I think that that goes... It just kind of goes back to having... Giving something your undivided attention. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's... If you're... Doing like trying to do like all these things at once, it's like you're. It's very self-compromising, mm-hmm. and it makes it so like you're not giving a full your full input on something. That's why like I really, especially if like I'm someone like texts me something that's like serious or something like that. Like I, like I can't respond to them until like I'm in a secure place yeah. that where it's the only thing I can think about with no like surrounding stimuli that would distract me because otherwise I know that I'm not going to give like I'm going to be too distracted while I'm like typing it out you know mm-hmm. that's just me I feel like I'm just a, yeah that's real because like if I got to respond to you in a paragraph, I'm gonna need some time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You gotta formulate your thoughts. Yeah, it's gonna be a whole bunch of dot dot dots. Yeah. Thesis. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 You got an in-depth. Yeah. yeah. But. Conclusion. 
But I, I, I see you with the, um, the acquired characteristic of having a lot of siblings, because that, I imagine yeah. that helps with it. Yeah, I've never lived alone. I've never, like, I like to be alone. I'm a very introverted individual who, for some reason, likes to put themselves out in the world and find it. But I don't know, like, I'm just used to a lot of people at the same time. I'm used to a lot of stimulation, so I kind of had to deal with it and then find a way to just block everything out. So that's why I can't ignore everyone at a single time. And also reading. Reading totally helped me do that because I could, like, literally not hear a single thing if I'm reading a book. So, so bringing this into real time, we just had Blind Turner Hall. Yeah. That is that was awesome. I was there. Uh, you were there too. Yeah. It's a great time. Um, so being as like you know you, so you're saying how you know you feel like you're a very introverted individual. How intimidated were you like you know knowing that you know you're going to be the closing act of the night and you know be performing at this like pretty high-end venue. Was that intimidating to you? I mean, yes and no. Like the performance aspect was slightly intimidating due to like a time crunch. Mm -hmm. So like the time aspect was intimidating, but like performing for me is really fun. So like that's like a release for me. I was really excited to like do that. So it was like more of an anxious thing. I don't like, what is the word? Anticipation, yeah, you know, sure. I don't kill that. I just like boom. I'm very uh, why can spontaneous. I Here we go. Yeah, I can't be a person. That's okay. So I don't know. That was like the hardest thing of it, but like I got sick before it, so that really made it scary for me. So I didn't know if I would just completely scratch the whole thing. But performing at Turner Hall has been something I wanted to do for a while. Now I had no idea it would be so soon, but yeah, yeah it was just. It was a lot, but more than anything, it was a very blessed event. I felt so much love throughout the entire thing from Eric and Marissa and everyone who put it together, like from uh, Troy to Ryan to Deb to everyone who put this together, like uh, the whole band, like it just, it was a full experience, unique, like my best friend like made this whole yeah. experience, like everyone pulled together, and just threw the best show that we possibly could, Mo, Stax, everybody pees, oh my god, like Will Frank, like right, yeah. everybody shout out. Like, it was, and yeah, I, yeah, Jen, what's and, up? oh my god, show mad love. Oh my god, you guys, when you guys played X's and O's, I was, <laughs> that is my favorite song yeah. by, like, <laughs> I love that, that song. is one of my favorite songs by any Milwaukee creatives ever, and uh, to see it live is amazing, but, yeah, um, it's cool, too, how it, it, it's cool how that works with, like, where you know that you are a person that, you know, you, you're very, you're very like self-immersive and like you value your time to your own and you you like to be alone and, and do things on your own and stuff like that like that's just the nature of an introvert but it's it's interesting how that kind of counters some of the intimidation you have like when you're performing live mm -hmm. especially like to the scale that you did that like you know it's and i feel the same way about like you know doing this podcast for example like i I'm a pretty introverted person too, but I also just don't really get super, like, yeah, like, I'll get social anxiety, but 
it's I don't get that intimidated by like you know going out and meeting people and like having conversations like these like that has always kind of come to come easy to me but I feel like it's easy because of what you do for yourself you know like yeah honestly I feel like it, it's kind of both uh, a lot of times it's not fear it's not a fear of meeting people like you said but like it's having the energy to do so mm. like I have a social timer or social clock that like if I'm out and doing these things like and performing or just at a networking event at some point in the night I'm gonna be like mm, you know I'm like want to revert back into myself or just stop talking or just like stop processing you know or just stop having that stimuli after a show I either have a headache or just I'm hungry or just like something because I just it's like complete yeah. exertion of yourself yeah. I don't got a lot of that right, right now yeah. you know what I'm saying so yeah. and if I do I'm trying to keep it to myself and like build up I don't know like I feel like a lot of extroverts gain that energy from other people so that could be a huge energy charge mm -hmm. but for me that's an exertion so yeah. where you because I'm like a I'm a, I'm a functioning introvert, that's what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. say it's me and I was like, yeah, that's basically. I identify with you know that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I, I can definitely talk, I love people and all of that, but like, uh, and when I host shows, you know, because I host an uh, open mic, and every time, like, I give it, I give it my all, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, by, by the time the show's over, I'm like, I'm ready to go, ready to get out of here. It's not <laughs> the fact that I don't want to stay around and live on everybody, it's just literally that I just gave y'all all of me. Mm -hmm. I gave y'all like, my complete vulnerability, you know what I'm yeah. saying? What does it so mean now, to give your all? Man, like, what is your all that you're all, giving? Me? Like, yeah. like, I mean, no, like, like well, the difference for me is like when I perform, um, that's my story, that's something that I wrote, that's something I've rehearsed, that's something that I know, you know what I'm saying? It's easy versus when I'm posting, I have to carry on this show. Yeah. So you're looking at me for this energy, you know, and I'm trying to give you that. So like, when I do that and like I, I'm able to to see those faces and to you know to get that energy back is a beautiful experience but it takes a lot because all mm -hmm. of those even if it's eight people to 50 you know those people yeah. are looking for me to mm -hmm. give them that and that's a real thing so like once I step off the stage and I'm like like I love you so much you know yeah. I want to give you so many hugs and right. you know but I, I gotta go because I don't have it I have to be able to recharge yeah. And then, so I can't give you myself again. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. So, so you, unique. Um, so, um, in your own, like, in, you know, in your poetic career, um, like, do you, how much, so how much time would you say, like, you know, you, like, devote to kind of, like, because I imagine, like, you write a lot of things down. Mm-hmm. How much time would you say, like, you know, you devote to kind of formulating material and your poem and piecing together your poems and uh, stuff? So, you about to give me honest. Um, <laughs> so, like, I have a whole lot of stuff that people have not heard. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Because I'm very, that's my, that's my truth. And sometimes I want my truth to come across. I'm very particular about words. Yeah. Um, so like, I write almost every day. Like if I'm not mistaken, every day. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't really have an increment of time. Yeah. Um, but like if I like anything sparks my thought, um, I do. I write that down. And I'm learning to get in the habit of like just writing. You know, um, I just recently went to a workshop 
uh, by a lady who came from Africa. Um, and she basically told us, like, at this moment in the meeting, I feel like she was talking to me. <laughs> and she was like, I'm a sporadic writer, but sometimes <coughs> I have to, like, carry that, like, say if I write on my sticky, a sticky note, I need to carry that sticky note so I can, like, get that thought down in a notebook, mm -hmm. you know, and then take time out of my day to sit aside where I actually write that. And so recently I've been doing that. And even before then, I found myself, like, taking my old poems and, like, piecing them together and adding new stuff that I'm doing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe a poem's never done. So, like, I'm definitely on the verge of all. That's why I don't really have a lot of stuff out because this year is when my project's supposed to be coming out. You know, I'm about to, like, hi, I'm unique. Not I'm performing. Oh you know, but, um, so, like, I don't want to say that I, I, I set... Like, I have like a, a set time that I do it. Uh, I do want to say that I'm a work in progress and I'm figuring out those times and, mm -hmm. and what spaces work for me and all of that. Um, but I'm a writer at heart because that's what makes me me, you know? Yeah. Um, and realize, learning how I can put those two together, like with that sticky note. A poem's never done. A poem's never that done. Is, <laughs> I've never, done. never yeah. thought of something like that. That's really cool. Um, I wasn't going to say that. Because like I'm yeah, always I, a big believer in like if the song isn't released, it's not done. Yeah. Like you can yeah. always go back and change something, which might be annoying to some people, but I don't care because it's a good idea for a I just want y'all to be patient with me. You know, once yeah. I, uh, the reason I have it is because when I do, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you literally like I have these pieces mm -hmm. that y'all heard that y'all would be, you know, mm -hmm. but like the stuff that's like behind the scenes of like the true, the. The, the bear, right? Like, that's what I want to show. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I'm on. So I feel that I'm. I think we're on that level in yeah. different ways. Yeah. Um, song. If a song's not finished, or if a song doesn't feel finished, it's not done. Mm -hmm. If it's not released, it's not done. All right. That's what. Yeah. Sorry. Excuse me. Right. Even then, there's a remix. Right. Yeah. Right. Sorry. <laughs> but it also, I'm not about to give people, you know, some half-assed podcast. I'm not about... Mm -hmm. That's why it took so long for me to actually start doing it, because yeah. I didn't have a full idea yet. Mm -hmm. I knew I was on to something for a while, but for a while, like, you can have that energy, that, that inspiration, but not know what to do with it yet. Yeah. And that's where, that's like... That's okay. It's like putting together a puzzle. Yeah. You know? It's okay to take your time and wait for quality. I'm waiting until you have the right pieces together, you know, for that perfect puzzle. Like, who wants yeah. an oblong mismatched puzzle? Just because, okay, I have a puzzle, great. Like, is it a picture? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, so if you have a collection of songs that you finna put out, whatever, and it's not the best, wait, you know, take your time. If you have a painting that you want to put into a gallery, but it's not, you know, you think you do it better, make another one. Yeah. You know, like, you have the timeline in your own hands. No one else can tell you when, you're, tell you when your deadlines are, you know. Mm. If it's your boss, quit. If you feel yeah. strongly about it, like that's why I feel yeah. millennials are in the business of quitting if we're not feeling appreciated. Right. And honestly, I feel like everyone should do that. Yeah, well, our time is yeah. the only time we have forever yeah. in this waking world. As the we stars are now, now and we are the future. Well, we are. Mm -hmm. And the power is getting put back into the, the hands of the people. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it should we be. Are the we are. So you I'm are a literal business. like. Yeah. Let's not go there. <laughs> right. So scared Yeah, yeah. Uh, so as <laughs> as we close out, ladies, um, I want to uh, I'll do one question at a time. Amarel, what keeps you up at night? Wow. Um, 
what keeps me up at night is the fact that there are young children in this city who go to sleep at night in homes that aren't safe and they know that it's not safe but they don't want to tell anyone because the unknown is even more terrifying than the known hell that they live in. That keeps me up. Because that's heavy and that it's true. And we as in this community need to, I think a lot of us need to be thinking about that more consciously. Absolutely. How about you, Unique? What keeps you up at night? Ain't too far off, you know? Yeah. Um, I think just the whole picture as a, the, or the picture as a whole, um, what that changed, like, I know for a fact that we'll be a part of the change. I don't know if we will see it in this lifetime and becoming okay with that and like what that looks like of our legacy and, and how that looks like playing now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So. What puts you to sleep? Man, a hot shower, things I'm gonna stay on camera. Retweet. <laughs> <Yeah>. Cuddles. <laughs> and a good meal. Yeah. <laughs> Great thoughts, reflective night, um, a warm touch, of course a shower, you know. Yeah. Right, like, the shower Man, I don't, heavy. See, I, don't, I don't shower at night enough. I'm always showering. Listen, you, or morning. you gotta take you a nice bath. bath. Yes. I mean, it sounds weird, but like, you take an herbal bath. It's, did you say no? I haven't taken a bath in days. Listen, what you do is you shower first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then you take a bath. That is the key. Oh. You cannot take a dirty Don't take a dirty, dirty bath. bath. That is disgusting. But yeah, early set, you know. Right. Because then I mean, you're kind you of take, basically in your fit, in your soaking. Yeah, you don't, so. right. you you don't, don't take a dirt. bath to yeah. wash up. You take a bath to relax. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So just, I, I mean, it sounds weird, but I guarantee you guys, that pre bath shower is like essential. Even if it's like two minutes, you just gotta come. <laughs> but yeah. Man, you guys are making me rethink my hygiene here. <laughs> you know? Ooh, get yourself a hy hygiene routine too. Like, if it's just a skincare thing. Okay. Like, Special splurge on your body washes, right. your lotions, like because you only have one body, you only got one set of hair, one face, you know. So like, take yeah. care of that. Right. You know? I'll be, uh, I'll be uh, reaching out to you guys. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. Um, be sure to check out MRL's music streaming everywhere, and also keep out for Unique's project coming up Ooh. and uh, open mic. Okay. Yes, right. open mic on um, Thursdays, every other Thursday at the Jazz Gallery. Mm -hmm. Doors open at seven thirty. Show yeah. starts at eight. It's called Fantastic. Follow me on Facebook at Unique Press to find all of that. Sweet. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching.